Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm Paul Arnold. He's Ernest Watts. If you could see us, you might turn off your visual and just listen to us. No, I'm just kidding. Ernest is a fine-looking man. Right, Ernest? I am? <laughs> oh, I, yes, I am. Yes, your wife thinks you're a fine-looking I, man. I have, a face, I have a face for podcasts. A face for podcasts. That's an old rip-off of the line. I have a face for radio. Face for radio. Yes, yes. Right. Ever seen somebody... After you on TV, after you've heard him for years on the radio, and go, I didn't th- see that coming. Uh, Casey Kasem. Oh, Casey Kasem. A lot of people out there don't know he's America's top forty guy. Was was, was. yes. He's not with us anymore. No, he isn't. But they still here in Michigan. They play replay his top forty on Sunday mornings for people to reminisce of the top forty songs like nineteen eighty four or nineteen ninety two or even nineteen seventy. Someone might turn it on first thing in the morning, feel like they traveled back in time or something. I guess so. Do you remember what the number one song when you were a senior in high school? Uh, uh, yes. Well, this is gonna, it must have been because uh, I know what the, the like the this junior senior theme was was Seals and Crofts. We may never come this way again. Wow! So I assume that was the number one song. You know, like they always picked a song for like the theme of your junior senior. Mm. Did they do that for you? Did they do it at your school? I remember the most popular song when I was a junior was "Boston" more than a feeling, and when I was a senior, it wasn't one of the BG uh, songs for Saturday Night Fever. I don't remember which one. You made me do all of them, right? I <laughs> track for my wife, uh, which. Which really was a rough movie when you look back. Saturday Night Fever was not a feel-good, happy movie. You had a suicide. You had an unwanted pregnancy. Uh, you had a guy feel like he was left behind by his friends. And co- it really is a dark, dark movie. But it's got well, great it's dancing, like disco dancing. Yeah, but the plot is very, very. People don't remember that how dark that really is. It's 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 like Grease. Everybody thinks Grease is a great movie, and everybody thinks that it was all a dream. And she died the summer before because the car flies off at the end. Whoa, we're going deep conspiracy deep, now. Deep, Let's yeah, go to sports quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Squig yeah. Sports. All right, so we're going to talk about... Wait a minute, wait a minute. The oh. kicker for the Dallas Cowboys just missed an extra 40 <laughs> If you didn't know, folks, he missed four last night. Was that right? Four, yes. And they weren't even close. Um, the soon-to-be former kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, who can they pick up at this late notice, though? Oh, there's, there's guys all over the place. Guys whose contract went out with the current teams, yeah, they could they could poach pretty good. You can, you can, get, you can get someone off the street, kick field goals, extra points, even though you know they're extended now. Well, let's talk about we're going to talk about today NFL playoffs, NBA. LeBron's about ready to break thirty eight thousand points, uh, and the NFL quiz and some movie reviews from Ernest. But let's start with last night's game: Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think most people think, well, if Tom Brady's on the field, he'll probably find a way to win. Wrong. That didn't happen last night. He looked like old man time was catching up on him. Ernest, will Tom Brady play again next year? Yes. But I doubt Tampa Bay. 
No, I really wasn't. I don't know why people were really surprised. That was an eight and nine team. And to use that well-worn codicil from Phil Parcells, you are what your record says you are. That you know, that was the first team Brady ever played for. It had a under five hundred record. And they only beat two teams over five hundred all year long. One of them was Dallas, first game of the season. But again, they 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 were a mediocre team at best and they didn't beat any winning teams. That was not a surprise, but it will lead up to a great game next Sunday night. When you'll have one of the best offensive lines, the, probably the best offensive line in football, go against that defensive line of Dallas, Frisco. That, that's a game I anticipate. But I got away from Brady. He, he looked 45 last night. I mean, he, I know he didn't have time to throw, but he didn't miss by a little bit. I mean, he was hitting the ground a lot. Were you surprised by that? outcome of that game no i like you tampa bay looked rough all year long it looked like they were on gas i mean you can talk about brady but that whole team has taken quite a dip in the last two years and gronk was always brady's outlet and without bronk i think it he just really suffered for a long time and the offensive line when they lost their center that was a big uh, blow to them and so why don't we play a little game called brady bunch all right eight Eight teams that Brady could go to. What do you think is the number one team? A lot of people are saying Vegas, but I just don't see it. Because uh, I, I think he's going to go to a team that's got a good offensive line, a good defense, and he's the last. I mean, he wants to go to the Super Bowl. He's not coming just to play. He, he wants to be in a contender. And I don't think the Raiders are a contender. Their offensive line is below average. They do have a good defense aging a little bit, but they got one great wide receiver, one great tight end, but I don't see where Brady going to the Vegas is going to be a better team than the Chargers or the Chiefs. So was it Vegas? Is that the number one? Well, no, I don't have this from the internet. I'm just saying we'll pick our own. So Vegas is a definite maybe, right? Because you have um, the coach, Josh McDaniels, who worked with Brady for a long time. We already know that they need a quarterback. I think that makes the most sense. The odds are in favor of him going to Vegas. How about that? Um, number two, you mentioned the Jets, and I couldn't see that when you first mentioned it. Why would the Jets spend money on Brady right now? I think they're further away than just one player. I think they have a defense, one of the best defenses in you know, they one game out of the playoffs. They have a great defense, they have a pretty decent offensive line. They've given up on Smith as a quarterback. They really, you know, Joe Flacco started their last game. He could fit in there. Uh, you know, he got to worry about Buffalo, but it'd be a nice little revenge to face uh, the Patriots twice a year. That would give him a sense of something he would enjoy. But I, yeah, I see the Jets. Another team that I think is a better fit and would be a Super Bowl contender is the only thing they're missing are some wide receivers is the Titans. And again, that's the next Patriot coach, former teammate of his as head coach. So I think Tennessee's a great if I love, if I was him, Tennessee appeals to me the most. Because I think with Tennessee you could easily be a Super Bowl contender. 
So there's a rumor out there. Of course, it's a strange rumor that he'd go back to the Patriots. Can you see that yeah. happening? No, no, he's not going to. He's not going to go. He, him and Belichick can't fit under the same roof anymore. New, never in a hundred years. He'd be a Carolina Panther before, he, <laughs> or a Detroit Lion before he's a Patriot. That's that's how far away that is. All right. You mentioned the Chargers. I can't see him going the Chargers. Their quarterback is still up and coming. I can't see that. Yeah, their their problem is the coach, not the quarterback. And and I love how he threw his offensive coordinator and quarterback coach under the table already and fired uh, Vince Lombardi's grandson, who was the offensive coordinator, fired them. You know, you scored 27. Didn't sound like offense was the problem. Maybe some of those defensive coaches may be sweating a little bit right now. Actually, the head coach, uh, I just don't think they're going to pay for someone like Peyton. But no, he's he's not going there. I've heard people say Frisco. Frisco's got more quarterbacks than they can use right now. I mean, um, if Purdy leads them to the Super Bowl, it's his job for the next 20 years. Who's so more like, Who's more likely to go to Miami, Rodgers or Brady? Wow, giving up on two already? Concussion, uh, man. How can they k- take a chance? I think he's got to retire. I don't know. I mean, I more or less I'd see Brady because you got two great wide receivers producing his offensive line, and he already has a house there. Uh, nobody's going to put up with Rodgers' mess except Green Bay. He'll be back at Green Bay next year. Okay, we got seven teams. We got to name one more. We got Vegas. Oh, we have okay. New York Jets. We have the Patriots, the Chargers, oh, the Titans, and my oh, Saints. the Saints. Do they have enough other players to make it work? They got a great defense. Yeah, if Peyton came back, they'd be an automatic. If Sean Peyton came back, but yeah, the Saints. Uh, again, they fit the requirements. They've got a great defense. They've got a great offensive line, and they've got a pretty good core of wide receivers. Thomas, and, and, and you got uh, Kamara, who, who works perfect catching passes out of the backfield. And that's a division he can win pretty easily. So, yeah, the Saints. I think Brady has one more year in him. So it's got to be a team that's really close to getting over the hump. So um, I think Vegas just makes the most sense. But who knows? The other name we just brought up is Sean Payton. I thought all along that Sean Payton was waiting for the Dallas job. You've talked about it, but I think McCarthy has saved his job, at least for now. So why would Sean Payton be interested in the Houston Texans? I saw that in the paper the other day in the, on ESPN. He's just jacking up his price. That's all. He's not going to the Texans. By the way, that was Dallas's first road playoff win since 1996. 93, excuse me. It's been 30 years since they won a road playoff game, and that was against the 49ers. It's been 30 years. Uh, so he pretty much, he's, he's settled. McCarthy's not going anywhere. If you look at the teams that are available, and he wants a team that, you know, I think Sean Payton's talking about he wants to have a relationship with the owner. Now, Basically, that's Walmart money that owns most of the Broncos. You can have date night? Is that he wants a relationship with the owner? Well, he just wants to, you know, I guess he didn't. I thought he had that in New Orleans. 
basically it means he wants a, a blank check that he can do whatever he want, and the GM would be working for him. Yeah, Denver's a team that maybe he could do it, but my gracious, Wilson looks shot. I don't see him going to Texas, even with the draft picks. You know, beginning of the year, New Orleans and the Chargers were the two teams he was looking at. And he might still go to the Chargers. You know, there's still time to fire a coach. You're really stuck in that respect. So, yeah, he, he could still do that. There might be some more jobs open up. You never can tell in this respect. But I don't know if he really moves the needle. When you look at the long success that New Orleans had after with him, I tend to think it was more Drew Brees than him. Don't you agree? Drew Brees, better football player than a studio announcer by far. Um, Sean or or a uh, working for his alma mater. Yes, and because he bet on some games, I had that pulled from the uh, for Purdue. Yeah, for he worked for Purdue. He voted. He uh, actually bet on some games, so that's uh, probably came from the Bernie Kosar School of After Career Management. <laughs> wow, what a school! And so the, it was pulled from the like a lot of the betting sites in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Because of him making bets and still being a representative of the college. Poor Murray lost his job as announcer for the Browns. He was the radio announcer, which he sounded drunk half the time uh, because he was betting on games also. But then again, I mean, these guys can easily say, listen, we're running commercials for all these betting groups, for Caesars, for MGM, uh, and uh, fan. What's the one? FanDuel. FanDuel all the time. If we're advertising, why can't I bet? And and you know, part of me says, I, I kind of understand the logic there. Well, let's talk about another coach, Sean McVay. There was plenty of rumors out that he was thinking about either going to TV or taking a year off, and he didn't want to stick around. And it came out that he is going to come back. And I almost wonder if he was angling for more money or more assistant coaches from the owner, sort of like using a little leverage there. Have you heard anything or read anything about that? I think he wanted to get rid of some assistants, but didn't want to fire them. They left on their own, and they took lesser jobs. The offensive coordinator went to Kentucky, and then that saves money because they had a multi-year contract. I think this is just all a financial thing. At least he didn't do like Cliff Kingsbury. You hear what he did, didn't you? Tell me. Uh, after he got fired from the Cardinals, he bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's like a movie. Like, Yeah, he's just gone. And they were talking about, well, he was up for – they were looking at his offensive coordinator for the Patriots because, you know, he played for the Patriots. He was one of Brady's numerous backups. And he's he's gone to Thailand. He's incognito. incognito Income, income, I can't say, can't be communicated with, but uh, he, he's just gone. And it's fascinating. I watched uh, Hard Knocks, which was the latter half of the season uh, for the Cardinals. And like he has no furniture in his house. They would show it. Because he basically said, you know, I'm hired to be fired. Why buy furniture? He had pictures on the wall and that was it. 
It's sort of like Chan- Jason Bourne in Football Edition. Like he's yeah. hiding out from the world. He had a bed, and that was all in his house. Which, if you get a chance, if you are a subscriber to HBO or HBO Plus, I would recommend you watch the last episode of the Cardinals uh, Hard Knocks because it's basically about J.J. Watt's last game and the impact that he had not only on the players for the Cardinals but all the NFL and the community. And it was it was it was fascinating to watch. And I had always had feelings he'd come back and play with his brothers at Pittsburgh next year, but but I think he's done. Uh, even joked about it. So sorry to get in that sideline, but you know, McKay just wanted to get rid of some coaches, and this is a cheaper way to do it. If he fired him, he had to pay him. Ownership would have to pay him. I think you know he's got that Super Bowl, so he's his goal. They could lose every game for the next two years. He'd still have his job. So how does that work where he didn't fire them? How did he get rid of them? They told him they need to leave? or He did... told him that he didn't know if he was coming back. They might want to look at other opportunities. Oh, so by him threatening to leave, they'd be without a, a job anyways. Yeah. yeah. That's quite a poker bluff, man. I. Uh, but they well, they believed him, I guess, so it worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that you know, I've had people talk to me and say, well, this is, this is Generation Z. They don't keep the same job for five or six years even. And they move from job to job, which, yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, millennials, that's Generation X, Generation Z. That's true. But uh, he's in L.A., and I don't know where he could go unless it was a college job. Would, would have as much national stature as what he has now. Plus, he has an owner that's proven he's willing to pay if he thinks he's close. But he oh, was, yeah. they were smart not to get LBJ back uh, this year. But did LBJ go anywhere? No. I mean, it took so long. No, I mean, OBJ. Been... Why did I say LBJ? Whoa, that's an old reference. Lyndon Baines Johnson. He's. It took so long for him to be ready. He wouldn't be that useful at the end of the season. I don't think he ever had intentions to come back and play. I just think he was addicted to the publicity. He just liked having his name on Twitter and everything. I, I, I never took him seriously as coming back. I didn't think he'd be that much of an improvement. Yeah, that uh, airline pilot never wanted him to come back either. No, <laughs> no. Like I said, he just, I think, it's it's hard when they talked about it a little bit with J.J. Watt. And and you could hear a little bit of, of uh, Aikman last night talking about the, the when you leave the competition, uh, Steve Young did a little bit before the game. It's, it's almost like a close to thing, death. You lose a, mu- a lot of your identity and personality. Uh and I, like I said, that's. I think Aitman was pretty much establishing that he thought that Brady would come back. That's another quarterback had to leave because of concussions. That was way before we even knew what concussions was. Was yeah. Troy Aitman had a very very short career when you look at it. But he's still doing TV. His face is looking a little rougher, but he's still doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like I said, I uh, here's the ultimate compliment. I never watched the Manning cast all year long because I enjoyed listening to 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 Buck and Aikman. I thought they did a pretty good job. 
All right, you ready to go to your next favorite sport, NBA? Yes. Actually, went and saw a team with the best record play last yesterday. Yeah, you and your grandson went to see, um, let's see, Hornets and Golden State. The Celtics. Oh, Celtics. Celtics. Saw Jason Tatum's drop 51. He they looks like a rail on TV. See, that's skinny. Well, he is, and defensively, he can't stop anybody. Uh, you know, you hear chance of MVP, but at halfway mark, Djokovic is the MVP. Do you know, can you, um, you haven't looked at the standings lately, have you? Nope. Okay, here's your quiz. Name the first, second, third place team in the West. <laughs> well, I know it's not the Lakers or Golden State, and it's yeah, not. You're safe there. And it's not the Suns. No, Suns not even in playoff. They're not yeah. even in top positions. So I They've think lost. it's Denver, Utah. Denver, Utah, and Dallas. Would you believe Denver, Memphis, and New Orleans? New Orleans, really? Uh, yes, yes. Really? Wow. Yes. Well, changing of the guard. Now the guys at ESPN, ESPN, and ABC are just scared to death because a Memphis Milwaukee finals will not exactly jack up the ratings. Which I think guys, people still watch for the players in that respect. But halfway mark, uh, Joker is uh, Djokovic is going to be your MVP. Rookie of the year probably is Pablo Boncaro. Who's playing for the Orlando Magic? And uh, LeBron chugging along, chugging along. He's going to break one of those unbeatable records. Sometime next month, he's going to go past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I remember watching Kareem break the record. It was uh, back then the late uh, the Utah Jazz would play games in Las Vegas, and that game was in Las Vegas. And it was a hook shot. It always is. The sky hook. And you know, you got to give it, you know, again, y'all, you know, from our conversations, I don't think LeBron is the greatest. But he's probably the last superstar we'll ever have that doesn't take time management, that comes out every night and gives it his best. It's, it's a passing era. With the Durants, the Irvings, and these other guys, Leonard. Leonard, that have to take rest time. Um, even Curry does it. So, you know, LeBron and his work ethic is a thing of the past, I'm afraid. Now, and again, I think that's a generational thing, working with younger people, and maybe you see it, Paul, too. And I'm not saying giving your best effort, working hard every day, leaving yourself uh, vulnerable to injuries is the wisest economic decision. But the mindset of younger people nowadays is, I'll do just enough to keep my job. I mean, there, there's a change in work ethic. I hate to sound like the old angry man screaming get off my lawn but don't you see a mindset difference in young people and 
people in our age group these days, or have I overreached with this comment? Well, it's there. It's no doubt. But I have two kids that are trying to push back on our view of millennials when I talk to them. But one thing I think about LeBron, he's very calculated. After For a while there, people criticized his group of buddies that helped manage. But he's making more now on movies than he's making for the Lakers. Because he's yeah. built up his production company so much over the last couple of years that you you start seeing his logo on there. Like I think the movie Lost City was his this last year, and uh, and he has TV shows and he's uh, the House Party or something like that. There's a movie coming yeah. out where a remake that's supposed to be set in his house. Like two guys break in, three guys break in, and they decide to have a party at the King's house. Anyways, but LeBron gonna have, have you have you seen the commercial? Uh huh. The part where they have a hologram of him show up when yes. they break into the house. Right. And he actually, now, I, you know, I, I love guys who make fun of themselves, who have the, the modesty to do that. The hologram, there have been two different commercials come up. One of the holograms comes up and says, your hairline's okay. There's nothing wrong with your, you know, because there's always been the question about, does he draw his hairline in? And the other one, he, a hologram comes up and says, uh, you you deserve to go Miami. There was nothing wrong with you going to Miami. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he is does pay, poke fun of himself. Um, but I was thinking he's about to break uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record of thirty eight thousand points. Do you know who had the record before Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Oh wow, I gotta think about that. I would think rough guess Jerry West, not Wilt Chamberlain. Chamberlain, of course. Well, wait a minute. I think it was Jerry West because remember Chamberlain. Went, it might have. Yeah, yeah. You average fifty points a game. It, yeah, it was Chamberlain. It's got to be it Chamberlain. Was, yeah, it was Chamberlain. Yeah. But he scored. He scored a lot off the court that we're not keeping count of, though. Yes. Yes. Inside joke. Read his autobiography. Yes, right. Which has been disproven many times, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, and before him, it probably was Oscar. I would think. Yeah, Oscar Robertson. Chamber, yeah. Or or George Mikan or someone like that. I just lost the off- audience when I mentioned George Mikan. Yeah. George, yeah, that's getting pretty picked back there or something. Yeah, like that. that's going back in that respect. But yeah, I mean, again, his work ethic is something that I don't think we really uh, give him enough credit to be. And, and when he goes, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see that change quite a bit. He's averaging, at age 38, almost 30 points a game. is 29.7, wow. which is astounding. Well, he has to. Name three more players than a team that are active. No. AD's not active. Yeah. AD's on the entry list. That's just it. Most people. Is that Westbrook? I guess he's – yeah, Westbrook's still on the team. Oh, yeah. But he's still not shooting right. You can just tell. No, no, we, we do a running joke, and this is inside Carolina, but we have a player um, by the name of Love that plays for Carolina, and I am told my sons that he's the college version of, of Westbrook. He can shoot you in and shoot you out of any game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul, got the cops. On. That's all right, that's all right. We'll, we'll edit it out somehow. All yeah, right, Ernest. Cool. Let's go towards your movie reviews. Why not? Let's go for that. Yeah, I've seen quite a few. I've caught up after the holidays and all the bowl games. 
it was easy to do after the ball games. All right, and and these pretty much all are going to be probably Academy Award nominees. Saw Top Gun Maverick, didn't think that much of it. Paul exudes. To me, it's it's the same plot as Hot Shots. Saw the Banshees of Insurance, which probably is one of the top two movies that will probably get nominees. This is a Martin McDonald. Uh, I love his movies, The Guard, uh, In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths. It basically is the plot set during the Irish Civil War, an island off the war, and um, two friends. And the smart friend decides he doesn't want to be friends with a dumb guy anymore. And that plot is hilarious and dark and opens up a lot of things. And most likely, you're going to see uh, Colin Farrell win Best Actor Award from this movie. So I guess he was the dumb guy, right? He was the dumb guy. I mean, he's had a great year playing the Penguin and the Batman and and a movie called After Yang. So at at 47, I think... Hollywood loves comeback stories, and I think he, because of substance abuse and drinking, uh, he's done that, and I think he's going to get the credit for what he's done. But it's a marvelous little movie. Uh, Like I said, a lot of dark turns, but a lot of hilarious types of things. And that's that's McDonald's types of movies. Like I said, I've loved every one he ever did. He's already got one Academy Award. For three billboards, uh, three billboards outside of uh, Missouri, about three years ago when it won Best Picture. So this would be his. He, I don't, I think uh, probably Spielberg will probably get it for the Fablemans. Another movie that will probably be up for Best Picture is Everything, Everywhere at Once, and this is a very convoluted plot. An everyday Chinese lady who owns a laundromat finds out she has to take parts from multiverse, multidimensional worlds to save this world together. And it's hilarious. It is a great little movie. Uh, You remember the little guy in uh, Indiana Jones, the second movie? Temple of Doom. Yes, he's like the male lead in this, isn't he? Yes, he is. He does a great job. He was also in The Goonies, if you remember The Goonies. Did you ever see The Goonies? I did. Okay. Uh, Not excited about that one, but go ahead. It's It's got martial arts. It has science fiction. Uh, probably an Academy Award Supporting Actress Award for Jamie... Uh, um, Lee Curtis? Uh, Lee Curtis, yes. It was unrecognizable in the movie. So, uh, like I said, fine little movie. Um, also, also, Glass Onion. There's a rumor that Glass Onion will probably be a, also nominated as best. It's a nice little comedy. Uh, great, great cameos in it. So, I've been mean, catching up on movies. I also highly recommend, Paul and I were talking about before we came on, um, Slow Horses with Gary Oldman, and and Gary Oldman got a Academy Award for playing Churchill in the final days. Um, just takes this 
idea of a burnout and turns it inside out. And this, these are the, the screw-ups from MI5, which is the British version of the CIA, and they've had two seasons. And, and as Paul will tell you, British series tend to be a little bit more uh, laden with profanity. That's not really considered that unusual over in England. But this has an increment little plot, and it wives, weaves together. And it's only six episodes a season, so I highly recommend it too. Boy, I'm giving nominations right and left, aren't I? <laughs> what and if, finally, if you finally, had your own right. award show, what would you call your awards? Uh, the Ernie's, of course. <laughs> okay, the Ernie's. All right, one last one. Um, the first episode premiered Sunday night, and it is based on a video game, but this is a lot better. Uh, this is The Last of Us which is based on an idea of an apocalyptic United States, which most of the population has been wiped out by a fungus. And scientifically, this could really happen because this fungus does it with insects, which it zombifies insects. And he is tasked with going across America to deliver the one individual who is immune to the effect of the fungus. And it's people say, well, didn't we see this in The Walking Dead? This is based more on how people change in that. And the first hour and 25 minutes was riveting. Uh, if it stays as good as the first one, this will be a major event. And I shall close this off by telling you the best movie I saw last year. What was the best movie you saw last year, Paul? I only saw a couple of movies, so I, I can't, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, Will we give you mine while you're thinking? Yeah, go for time? it. Yeah. Okay. Best movie I saw last year was The Unbearable Weight of Talent with Nicolas Cage, which is hilarious. And to me, it was better than Spider-Man. It was better than Thor. It was, it was the best movie. And I can rewatch it a thousand times. And it is hilarious. And uh, the fantastic thing about it is, uh, it, along with The Last of Us, uh, along with The Mandalorian, all star the same individual. Uh, Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are thinking, well, uh, is he redoing the same thing he did the Mandalorian, being that silent, uh, stoic warrior type in The Last of Us? Well, in the unbearable weight of talent, he is hilarious. It's a com comedic movie, and it takes Nicolas Cage's pretentiousness and m it makes fun of it the entire movie. It is and he is hilarious in it. So a lot of people don't know he got his uh, start on Game of Thrones, then went to Narcos, which was a Netflix series for a period of time. But but he is just killing it. Him and and Colin Farrell, it's it's their time. They're having a time, so to speak. So have I stalled long enough? Well, you named what was my most enjoyable watch, and that's The Mandalorian. I'd look forward to every time they put on a new 
one. I just thought it was so well timed and done. It didn't feel like a TV show. It felt like a movie. It added to the Star Wars trilogy. And anytime you have somebody who's like a knight and has is trying to do morality, I like that kind of. And then Boba Fett wasn't. It was like Mandalorian light had Boba Fett. I enjoyed that too. So, but you still haven't watched Endor. I have not. I have not. I highly recommend. Do you get those. any sleep ever, Ernest? Yes. When you watch all these movies and TV shows and sports, well, and sports, and yeah, I got three teams. I've watched. You watch the Hurricanes or the Hornets, and the Hornets are having a bad year because they're tanking for Victor Wintayama, uh, or the Tar Heels are on. I'm, I'm usually watching them, but. Do you yeah. have an extra set of eyes underneath your hair that you can watch two things at once? Or or a duplicate me that watches yes, while I sleep at yes. night? No, no, I just have no life. There you go. <laughs> no, that's not true. Grandchildren, work, Grandchildren, work church. Work. Your wife has yeah. to fit in there somewhere. Yes. yes. That's my constant attention. <laughs> the off chance she's listening to this. Yeah, off chance. All right, Ernest, let's go ahead and make some predictions. Um, we've got some NFL playoff games coming up. Uh, I watched a bunch of them this weekend. I always love playoffs, and I wasn't too sad to see the Vikings lose as a Lions fan. I wasn't too sad to see the Seahawks lose as a Lions fan. Um, but I tell you, 49ers or Purdy look really impressive, and I don't trust Dak Prescott. I just He's a nice guy. I don't think he has what it takes. I think he just, he's like Romo. He's a good player, but he's just not a great player. And I trust in Kyle Shanahan to pull it through. So I'm picking the 49ers to get all the way to the Super Bowl. And I think Mahomes, even though I like the Buffalo Bills story, everybody loves that story. I just think Mahomes has it rolling this year. So I think it's going to be Kansas City 49ers in the Super Bowl. What do you think? A rematch from three years ago. Yep. Different quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, I'm with you. I think the 49ers have it rolling. I think they have tools. The, the story of a rookie getting the Super Bowl, which has never happened before. Well, once before. Uh, the kid with the Dolphins uh, many, many years ago. Marino? No, before him. Uh, David Woodley. Oh, David Woodley. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're going to the 70s now, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the last rookie to take a team to the Super Bowl. I like Kansas City, but the defense kind of worries me a little bit. Cincinnati's offensive line, you know, we naturally look for stories. And even though Buffalo barely pulled it out against Miami, they they got a cause. And and I remember. Uh, um, uh, what's the old writer for the Atlanta Journal? Furman Fisher, what was his name? Oh, Fisher. Oh, I know. He used, yeah. He used to say, well, a team had a close game in the first round of the playoffs. Watch out for them. And uh, I think Buffalo's got a cause. They do have a cause. Uh, Fisher Berman or something, was it? Now yeah, yeah, me. yeah. Furman, Furman. I don't know. Anyways, I remember reading him when I lived in Atlanta. But um, yeah, you're right. You know, you you just sort of get a scare that first game, and then you start rolling if you're hot. It's. I told my wife that if both Kansas City and Buffalo keep winning, they're going to play the championship game in Atlanta. And she goes, "Why?" And I told her why. 
Road trip, road trip. And then I thought, actually, for Buffalo fans, that's a pretty good deal, right? You get out of the cold, you get down there, you know, and have fun and watch it, and you don't have to play at Kansas City. I think that's a good deal. Oh, yeah. They get the better end of the deal. There's no doubt about that because not only the weather, you're not going to have 70,000 Chiefs fans. It's probably going to be 50-50. You got a place near Atlanta, road trip. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, I don't have a place there in Atlanta anymore. I mean, I, I might uh, be able to scratch one up north of Atlanta. But anyways, hey, let's do our uh, final good takes, and then okay. we'll wrap this puppy up. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, we just finished a holiday, and it seems like a lot of what Dr. King talked about, we've forgotten. And you just look around, and like a, a lot of holidays – We've gone through this country, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Labor Day. We tend to look at it, well, I get a paid day off, and we forget the cause of it. And people come up to me because I'm old, and they'll say, have you ever seen the country as divided as it is today? And I go, well, it's always been divided. I mean, in the 60s and 70s, I saw riots in streets. I could see the smoke from my home in Delaware. But no matter what brings us apart, the thing that we all are are Americans. And then we tend to forget that sometimes. And, it, you know, there's, there's a line in Men in Black where Tommy Lee Jones tells Will Smith that people are smart, crowds are idiots. And that's pretty true. On an individual basis, people are decent. They'll open the door for somebody. They'll help an elderly person. They'll look out for a child. But when you get in the anonymity of a crowd or a group or however you phrase it, some subgroup, we say and do some pretty stupid things. And we tend to forget that as Americans, we're all individuals and we forget the basic goodness is there sometimes. Sorry to get preachy, but no one famous died this week. And this is my go-to. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, MLK Day, we had an observance at, at work. I had to work yesterday. I think I forget how radical he was for the time he was and how much courage it took. And as a, a white guy and is, you know, 60 years old, I think what's really hit on me the last couple of years is even though I'm not, you know, overtly racist or I've always tried to give opportunities and love on everybody I meet. That's what my faith teaches me, the love, even your enemies. There are some things I didn't realize in our system. Like I was talking to a guy who's African-American buddy of mine for years. We just are friends. There's, we don't even think about color, I don't think. And I said to him three years ago, I said, you know, I really hate to see what's happened in America. He says, yeah, but you don't understand. Did you ever have that talk with your son that when he goes into the convenience store, he's got to watch out and behave a certain way or he might get in trouble. I thought, no. You know, there's just a different awareness. And then I had a friend, a lady, worked with me at uh, another place, and she said, oh, yeah, the KKK didn't like that we lived in the wrong side of town in northern Ohio. And during the 80s and 90s, they used to burn a cross in our, our front yard. And I'm like, what, in the 90s? You know, and so that's what saddens me about today um, in our country is it seems like the... Uh, sense of treating each other as fellow Americans isn't there enough. Instead, we have to see what's wrong. And I think there'll always be a problem to some point, and I'm preaching too, 
but let's just go out and treat each other well, fairly. Well, can, can we finish with uh, a famous statement from a frenemy of Dr. King? Yep. Malcolm X used to say, a man that won't stand for anything will fall for anything. Oh, ooh, nice, nice. All right, folks, that's our preaching for today. But I've seen Ernest live it out. I know it's true in his life, and I try to make it true in mine. Um, email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com with questions, comments, critiques, well, any of that, and I'll respond to you. So for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. This has been our 199th Pardon the Confusion. So stay tuned for our 200th episode, and have you a good night. Bring, you got to bring everybody back for 200.